Oh, yeah, it's Monday, 9 o'clock, East FM, 88.1, 107.1. Guess what? We're back. We've turned 40. Occam's Razor, your podcast about the paranormal and the unexplained. I've had a little bit of time off, probably, I don't actually know, four to six weeks. But either way, I haven't been doing a show, and I apologise to all our loyal listeners for that. Uh, but we are back. We were planning to have this uh, live streamed actually through a, an associate media company of ours, but we've had a bit of a hiccup uh, in terms of studio availability due to some remedial work. So we're back on East FM uh, Broadcasting. And happy to be here. Um, so, as I said, this is episode 40 we've got to of uh, Occam's Razor. Tonight we're going to focus on ghosts because I've got Sam Collier here from Haunted Auckland, a regular contributor to the show, and we haven't talked ghosts in a while, I don't think, Sam. No, we haven't. We haven't. And I see you guys at hauntedauckland.com have been very busy over the lockdown. Um Talk us through some of your... Well, let's start with your most recent investigation. Most recent was yeah. uh, Friday. We went to the Capitol Theatre in um, in Balmoral on Dominion Road there. Okay, that's so that's the old movie theatre, uh, sort of where all the Asian restaurants are now, kind of... Um, yep. They don't call it Chinatown. They that, Apparently that was wrong, so we just... <laughs> I'm not sure what the uh, actual name of that area is now. Is it down... Is it uptown... West Town, East Town, something like that now, sure. isn't it? Let's just go <laughs> yeah, with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess it's a, a blink and you miss it sort of from the outside of the theatre. Yeah. I mean, it, it does have the capital written on it. But How, you know, how um, old is the theatre? Uh, 1922, 1923, sometime around then, I believe. So it's so relatively it's, old. Okay, it's relatively Now, I remember as a kid um, going there to, to see a movie, and then in later years it became sort of a climbing wall, uh, sort of a setup, rock, rock climbing and that sort of thing. Are they still yep. doing that there? That's still there. It's a uh, clip and climb, I think it was called, something to that degree. So uh, On the, the, belay, belay on, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. The, the theatre is, I believe, upstairs. I think it was like a, a mezzanine at some stage and the clip and climb is underneath. And it's got all the um, traditional things you want out of a spooky old movie theatre, does it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, apparently the foyer is all original, um, and it, it's very you know antiquey, sort of wooden looking. Yep. They've got the old furniture in the actual foyer. The cinema itself looks a little bit more modern. I think uh, they did mention that it was about two thousand and nine that um, the seats have been put in, and you know it, it looks quite nice. So it's been renovated. Theater. Yeah, it has been so renovated on the theatre side, but. Um, now, in the foyer, it looks looks old and and kind of spooky. Yeah. I guess you got to retain a bit of that, though, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and I mean, yeah. it's it's very nice looking. I mean, mm. yeah, good one. Um, now, the, there's obviously stories of paranormal activity in this place. Um, were these generated during the construction? Is that sometimes happens, or are these historical accounts, or what, what's the background to it? Uh, the background to it, um, not a lot known about the actual spirit that's claimed to be seen there. Um, on arrival, we uh, sort of interviewed the, a few of the staff members there and they um, they gave what they thought was a female presence a name and they, they called her Bernadette. Bernadette? Bernadette. Okay. That, there was no rhyme or reason for that name. It's just no. the name that they that sort of stuck. And, you know, from uh, managers and certain staff throughout the years, the, the name was passed down. Yeah. And um, a lot of the staff there, they, they didn't like to be 
left alone or the last one left a lock up and that sort of thing. Um, they didn't feel threatened or anything like that. It was more of, um, you know, just a spooky feeling. I mean, some of them were quite young as well, the staff members. So Yeah. Uh, how, much, how much credence did you place on the whole thing? Has um, there ever been any sort of photographic evidence or EVP no, or? no photographic evidence. I mean, there is quite a quite a interesting story about um, they have a cowbell behind their behind the bar and the more theater. cowbell. Yep, cowbell yep. is is the way that they would, they would uh, alert people hang around in the foyer that the film was about to start. Oh, right? I see. So um, allegedly, everybody was was in the theater and and no one was out in the foyer. And they could hear this cowbell ringing. Okay. So they went out, and it was it was back in its place. It wasn't a Waikato rugby supporter, was it? Quite possibly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're notorious for ringing cowbells and yeah, annoying the hell um, out of us. It wasn't your traditional large size cowbell. It's a tiny little one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, quite an interesting story, I thought. Yeah. And um, you know, the, why why Bernadette? It was just a moniker they gave her, or yeah, there there was okay. no reason for the name, as far as I know. That they uh, the the people that we interviewed surely didn't know why Bernadette was the name, because a lot of these stories um, are generated from you know a woman called Bernadette who lived at the property, or she was the projectionist wife, or yep. something like that. So it was it was just a game they gave they name her. There's no. There's no yeah, background. Yeah, to there's it. no background to it. Okay. Um, they believe that she may have been a projectionist. Okay. Um, apparently there was. Well, that's narrowing it down, though. There is narrowing it down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and we did we did contemplate. I mean, I know, you know, that's it's 2020 now, and you, mm. uh, you're going to fe- talk fe- about female projectionist. I mean, right? uh, it's yeah. it's not unheard of, but it's not no. that common. I mean, I've worked in a movie theater before, and never never was there a female projectionist. No. I mean, uh, like I said, it, there's no reason why it can't happen. They're sort of creepy guys that live with their mother, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was telling a story on the night of um, not to generalise anything <laughs> to any projectionist, and, and and you know, for a projectionist, you you often forget about them as well. They're just the people that play the movie. You never see them come in and come out. That's true. Um, when I was working at the theatre, um, so one of the the projectionists fell asleep, <laughs> <laughs> and no one knew until the next morning when he set all the alarms off. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, what do they do up in there? Do, they, do you think they watch the film once and go, oh, it's pretty good, and then after that, like, oh, I can't be bothered Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to imagine because mm. I've, I've been up there and, yeah. and they're, they're on their laptops. <laughs> you know, a little, a little bit of privacy and, and uh, you go up there and make a bit of noise and they get one hell of a fright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the most important thing, what did you find? Or Are you still pouring through the evidence? We're still pouring through the evidence, yep. but it was quite a surprise. I mean, I, I, I went in there thinking, oh, you know, nothing's going to happen. Mm. Right? So... Yep. Um, we sat in the actual theatre part uh, in, the, in the cinema in front of the screen, we set up some equipment. Um, all the staff, there was about six or seven of them, you know, wanted to, quite interested in what we're doing, so they sat in the seats. Yeah. We um, conducted a communication session. And... With the, with the looking for EVPs, obviously. Looking for EVPs, yep. looking for any kind of reaction with our trigger objects. Okay. Now, use a, is it a smiley face ball or something you use? We, that, that's more of our mascot. Is it a mascot? Uh, it okay. is a mascot that we usually stick on top of, top of stairs and things like that, sure. just for rolling purposes. But yep. um, he wasn't there. But um, we, on recent investigations, have had quite um, some interesting activity happen around a touchlight. So we okay. thought, you know, we'll put that out. Actually, so, I think I remember you, you saying that it was it was a touchlight touch going on at, and off at Massey Homestead. So we mm. thought, you know, we'll put that one out, but we also used a number of other ones as well. Yeah. Um, 
and it wasn't that particular touch light that triggered it was a different one this time around same sort of thing it's a press button click in click off yep. you know touch sensitive sort of thing it's one of those camping sort of lights you just yeah. press on and off yeah yeah um so the one that we we would usually use dead all night didn't do anything but this this other new one was registering to our questions and i mean i don't want to necessarily get used to using these lights as a form of communication but the, you just can't ignore some of the the answers that we've been getting i mean it might not be paranormal but it's to me it's it's sort of outside uh you know random on and off yeah light switches right well i mean nine times out of ten nothing would happen with well probably 9.9 times out of 10 nothing would happen with if you flicked off a small camp light you wouldn't expect it to turn back on again would you no no that's right and i mean i i understand that there there has been certain debunking done with um the same effect on mag lights or you know those steel lights where you can yep. kind of unscrew them a little bit yeah and they will they will simultaneously sort of well because the contact sort yeah. of removed a yeah. bit, doesn't it flick in flick yeah. out yeah um these ones, I just don't understand how the connection's making the light go on and off. Right. And responding to stimuli as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can repeat the questions, you know, turn on for a yes, stay off for a no. And we repeat the questions and the, every time it will turn on yes, no matter what time in the conversation you can ask the same question again. Um they must have spooked you guys out a bit, though. Um, not Even as much experience. It, it, spooked, it spooked the staff out. I, you know, sort of validated a little bit for them. I think. Yeah. But then we got onto the conversation of right. Okay, if something's potentially talking back to us. We'll see if we can get a name. So we went through the alphabet. Does mm -hmm. your name start with A B C? And the light turned on on the letter F. So we went to the next letter, of course. So we, we went through this process. We managed to spell out the name Fran. And we said, is your name Fran? The light didn't turn on. Okay, so we said, well, is there a nickname? Are you are you associated with a nickname? The light turned on. And we said, okay. So we went through a number of other names and we, we came up with the name Franny. And then the light switched on again. So we said, oh, is your name Franny? The light turned on again. And, of course, we came up with that name and we were using that name. Do you like us calling you Franny? The light would turn on. So we thought we'd try a uh, last name. And we went through the letters of the alphabet. And I'm thinking by this stage, you know, surely it's going to trip up. Surely there's going to be, like, three consonants and no vowels in the same place. Sure. Know, a spelling error. Yeah. Unless they're from Iceland or something. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. But we, we got the last name Leach. L-E-A-C-H. Well, that's pretty comprehensive, isn't it? It is pretty comprehensive. And we asked, are you from Auckland? Or are you from other towns? Light switched on for Christchurch. Born in Christchurch, moved to Auckland. So the staff were quite surprised. They, they had a name. Mm -hmm. Um we did a, a quick Google search on the night at the end of the session. There was a a Fran P. Leach that did live in in Christchurch in the, in the 1800s. Um, Fran, was it Francesca or was Francis? Didn't, or? didn't 
respond to the name Francesca. Okay. Could have been Francine, not sure. Yeah. But Franny was the one that the light always responded to. Last name Leeds, probably English, so yeah, Francine's more likely than yeah. Francesca, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit more digging to find a, a possible link to that name. Um, it might not mean anything at all. It might, might not be paranormal. Right. I mean, being honest, there was quite high EMF in the bottom of the floor. Yep. Um, so that could have possibly triggered it. Would they have a generator there? Um, they had uh, quite a quite high EMF power board switchboards yep. away from the cinema. Yeah. Um, but I think underneath might have possibly been part of the clip and climb. I'm not too sure, but hmm. yeah. Like I said, I'm just thinking a, a movie theater would probably have a generator in case the yeah. power went out, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they they've got a lot lots of speakers and stuff behind the screen, sure, yeah. and things like that. So I mean, and you've got a few things sort of uh, when you're trying to communicate with the other side, you get a lot of inter- electrical interference and things like yeah. that, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And you know, we we're picking up on all all of that sort of thing. So again, I'm not saying that what happened is paranormal. I'm just saying it's very unusual. And and like I said, to me, it's outside of random. Yeah, you know, it's to get a name to get answers to questions that you know, are repeated and, you know, we'll, we'll ask the questions again and get the same answer. Um, I know, yes, they, they are yes-no questions and it is a 50-50 sort of chance, but when you're spelling out names without any spelling errors or, or grammatical errors or, or whatever. Did you use a Ouija board? No, we, I mean, we're not always big on using I know Ouija you're board. not a big fan. We're not a big you? fan. No. We'll, we'll use them um, if we're demonstrating, you know, the idiomotive effect. Yeah. You know, um, you know, muscle memory and things like that and you know we usually find that somebody wants to move it more than than others well there's always a true believer in a bunch there's always a true believer i Mm. mean sometimes you know using them can offer somebody a little bit of peace and you know we have had that someone believed they were talking to a family member and you know that they came to a little bit of closure for themselves but you know each to their own so what would you rate it out of 10 definitely worth Further investigation. That's what that we one. like. Yeah. I mean, our job is never done. No. And, you know, we're until we find out what a ghost is, and I don't think we are in my lifetime, no. but we'll keep searching. We'll keep researching those answers. Now, Halloween, you went back to a place you usually, or you go to quite often, don't you? And that yep. was the art house, uh, what's it called? The Lake, the lake House Art lake Centre. Lake House Art Centre. In Takapuna. Yep. Right. Um, now, we've spoken about this on previous shows, um, a site of another phantom walker, wasn't it? Yep. As I recall. Yeah, they say a, a, either a phantom walker, some people say that it... Um, Which is a canoe for our overseas listeners. Yep, it's yep. a Maori name for a canoe. Uh, and there's also a story that it could possibly be a small um, dinghy with uh, nuns in it rather than a walker. Dinghy with nuns in it? Yeah, because there was um, a nunnery. I see. Quite, quite close by. Out of course... Sorry, go ahead. It's a soccer field now, Yeah, the front of the lake house. But, um, mm. yeah, there, there was a body of water there at, at one point, allegedly. In terms of hauntings or alleged um, paranormal or sightings, the spectres and stuff, nuns pop up a lot, don't they? Yeah. Um, the theory goes, I think, A, because, you know, monastic orders are so old and things like that, you know, and, and monks and all that. Um, but also they're engaged for so long in prayer, um, and, you know, service to the Lord and that sort of stuff, um, that maybe, you know, their, you know, their energies are channeled so far into, you know, into one thing yep. 
that you know intense periods of study and and reflection and, and quietness is the other thing you know maybe that energy gets conducted away somewhere yeah and you think of what a nun does on a daily basis there's a lot of repetition as well so yep. that, that could be part of it sure you know and um there's a very famous case in the uk um it was a property, no, I think it was in Essex. It was, now, I think it was a Harry Price had a little bit to do with it, which makes it yeah. a little bit dodgy for me, but that's just my, my um, impression of Harry Price. Um, there was an area called Nun's Walk, wasn't there, outside a um, sort of a stately property in, in Essex. I think it, I don't think it was Borley Rectory itself. It was maybe the old uh, rector's house that burned down or the area around there. And they ended up having to, well, story goes, they ended up having to brick up the window um, because this nun would walk past and scare the shit out of them every night. Yeah. Um, that would scare me, to be perfectly honest, because they look so creepy with their hoods. and They do look you know creepy, I mean? but, I mean, I suppose at the end of the day there are none. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, how, how, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I've never actually met a proper one, but no, <laughs> I don't know how scary they get or... Well, well it depends again. if you went to Catholic school or yeah, not. That's yeah. that's the first thing, isn't it? Um, and how did that go anyway in terms of results? Um, well, that that evening it wasn't necessarily an investigation. It was more oh, of a, okay. it was more of a Halloween um, sure. uh, promotional thing. Is it um, well known in, within that arts community um, or, or users of that facility? Yeah, very the well known. And, and oh, I don't know about the haunting side of it, um, yeah. but. Uh, the the guys that work there they they're quite proud of of telling their ghost stories and things like that um yeah they've got a piece of footage that um they claim is is of cctv footage of a, of a ghost walking past the the camera and climbing up the stairs and what did you think um yeah it remains to be seen <laughs> <laughs> it could could be spider webs could, could be, be. could or, you know dust yeah. bunnies that sort of thing yeah um you know, it's very common for CCTV cameras to have that sort of thing floating about in front of it. Yeah. But, I mean... I yeah, you see a lot of leaves and things like that. They're mistaken for sort of yeah. uh, floating figures and all that sort of... Yeah. That's happened before. The jury's out on that one. I mean, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's a little bit of excitement for them, I suppose. How, how old is that video? Uh, ooh, good question. I think it's a few years old now. Yeah. So we were like showing... the last decade or...? Um, I'd say... Uh, five years at least oh, okay yeah. yeah yeah i'm always interested in uh well more interested in ghost images and stuff taken with older equipment yeah um and before the invention of photoshop and stuff they, they're the ones that are more you know more likely to be a head scratcher for me you know yeah well they they are more susceptible to double exposure and things like that's that. True as well. As well. You that's know. true as well you know that's true as well you remember the days when you go back to um taking photos and then waiting a week and finding out yeah. that they're all, they're all crap and some creepy yeah. dude the same yeah. guy lives with his mother um yeah. we were talking about before he, he's sort of plowing over your images isn't yeah. he and he's like what are you up to man you know <laughs> doing all sorts of weird things in the dark room yeah. and yeah why, why are you why are you taking all these photos of hallways for <laughs> absolutely um i know you're not big on the spiritual side of things so to speak you know you like to keep a pretty open mind and, and yeah despite your interest in the in the you know paranormal um did any of these places sort of give you the creeps so to speak um not necessarily i i, I think I've, I've always felt like the living is far more frightening than the dead yeah you know uh, going to derelict buildings or, or historical places you know i'm always more more wary of people that might be living there yeah jumping out rather than a, a ghost or anything like that 
Absolutely. You know, no one's immune to a to a sudden bang or a jump scare sort of thing, but I uh, wonder. Yeah, well, exactly. And that happens a lot. Um, Devonport tunnels, doesn't it? Yeah. Because um, people go down there and they hide from their friends and they scare the shit out of them. They yeah. jump out of the shadows. Um, I've never actually been in those. T- I've, well, I've been to the start of them, and then I kind of chickened out when I was a kid and didn't go any further. I'm assuming you've you've gone in there all guns blazing, have you? Yeah. Um, yeah. During the day, I mean, I don't What's know. What's the story there apart from them being spooky World War Two tunnels? Well, it, as far as I know, I don't think there is, um, you know, any any deaths per se. And yeah. there, I mean, it's not to say that there hasn't been, but. Is people, it just the finality, I think the it, blackness? You know? Yeah, I think it's the creepiness that people find. Mm. They they think they see spirits there, and um, it could also be the land as well, for all we know. Um, mm. it, it could be cultural land. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've heard stories of sheep getting into the tunnels as well. I mean, and of, of course, <laughs> okay. if, you, if you're wandering through the tunnels at night and you hear a sheep bleating, yeah. I'd be out of there You're going to think quickly, it's something yeah. relatively demonic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or even a creepy goat, because goats are that yeah. sort of, you know, yeah, they resonate with devil worshippers and stuff. That's right, and certainly going, going to um, feed imaginations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you did another theatre as well, the one in Avondale. We did you? the Avondale, uh, the Hollywood Theatre. Um, so that was in conjunction with a um, festival that they were running for um, Halloween as well. So it was, okay. it was uh, a horror movie marathon. You would have loved that. I love. Was it a I, splatterfest? Was it? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I got to see a movie that I that I wouldn't have seen before, but yep. um, probably wouldn't watch it again. But you that know, bad. <laughs> have you ever heard the of, one they've been talking about? Have you heard of Bloodfest? No, I'm so, not a horror movie guy. To be you're honest, not a, well, no. this, this marginal horror movie. I mean, okay. it's a horror movie, but it's it's a, almost a, an anti drug movie, um, made in the seventies. So um, if you picture a a 70s biker riding along and he, he picks up a girl and they end up at a party and... Um, like a Peter Fonda sort of guy? Or? Like a... Well, probably a little, prob- yeah, maybe. probably a little bit stauncher than, than Peter staunch- Fonda. Okay. Um, so they end up at this party and drugs are being passed around in the party. He says, no, I don't want drugs. Um, Doesn't sound like much of a party in the 70s. <laughs> no, but... Uh, he ends up with this other woman's sister who then tricks him into taking drugs. He, long story short, he ends up working for her father at some science lab. They feed him a turkey while he is on drugs. A live turkey? No, no, a cooked turkey. Oh, okay. It's well, a gene- nice genetic- genetically um, modified turkey. Sure. Um, so he starts tripping out 70s style and, and ends up in a, in a garden. Yeah. And he turns into a turkey himself. A rampaging turkey that starts murdering random people. Is he man-sized though? He's oh, well, yeah. He's he's man-body turkey head. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting combo. Yeah, so it's very very cheesy. Was it an Island Doctor Moreau sort of a situation or? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Island of Doctor Moreau made a little bit more sense. This so, one, this one was yeah. Did the sorry, what's the name of that theatre again? It's the Hollywood. Hollywood and Avondale. Yeah. yeah. That now, did you go into it with any any stories of the paranormal, or was it sort of just a marketing stories thing? of the paranormal? Um, there they probably weren't recent stories, but there have been a number of um, patrons and that coming into the theatre that have thought they've seen somebody sitting in a seat at the front of the theatre 
they come out, tell the uh, ushers, oh, there's still somebody in there. The usher will walk in. No one's there. That sort of thing. Um, they are very prone to this, though, aren't they? they so are we've, I mean, we've talked to this at length before. And I remember when I went to that place in Melbourne. Was it the Princess Theatre? Yeah, Princess Theatre. Um, yeah, and it goes with the territory, because you're dealing with theatrical people, and, you know, with yeah. theatrical people come theatrical stories, don't they? Yeah, well, I've, I've also just been told a similar story of, uh, I think it was Hoyts in Albany. Yep. Having a similar story. Which is a newish cinema. Right? Yeah, you know, very new. Yeah. You know, it's a complex cinema. I was actually going to get to that. Um, in your experience, how often is it reported? Uh, well, you know, enough. there's enough evidence for you guys to have, you know, accepted a job to come and investigate a place, blah, blah, blah. How often is it in a new building? Almost never? Almost never. I mean, yeah. and that is the question. I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, because it's the question of is it the is it the property is it the land is yep. it the energy is it the surroundings yeah so I mean and there's also the theory that you know renovations will stir up activity you know I always found that a bit convenient though um, given that with renovations there's a lot of banging and slamming and painting walls and you yep. know what I mean guys hanging curtains I mean there's all sorts of noises going on a right? lot of a lot of creaking and, and settling as well that's the thing yeah. But I mean, it, it it feeds into that that uh, idea. You know, you, you see um, traditionally horror movie, old horror movies where the ghost will walk through the wall, or you know, old yep. stories where it walks through a wall. You know, back in back in their time, there could have been a door in that position. You know, mm. and it could be just that um, stone tape theory, the the rep- repetition of mm. that that person walking doing their daily daily routine. Well, that happened in Chester, I think. Um, there was a fellow, I think it was in the 60s, but I'll stand corrected on that. He um, was down in a basement and he had these Roman legionnaires basically walk mm. past him. Do you know that story? Yeah, I've heard, heard stories like yeah, that. Yeah, in Chester, I've been to Chester and it's, it's you know, it was one of the, a Roman settlement effectively, but, you know, one of their main sort of headquarters when they were in, in Britain. Um, and there's so many stories like that floating around, you know, it's, Hey, you know, in this realm, anything's possible. But that would make the most sense because why would they appear within the structure or the strictures even of a modern building? Do you know what yep. I mean by that? If it is a replay of the past, they're going to just stay in the same. Or even if it's a – see, when I hear that, I kind of think more dimensionally, like fourth dimensionally yep. um, to an extent. So whether that's what people are seeing, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's hard to tell whether – what they're seeing is going to acknowledge them back, yeah. or whether they're just going to go about their business. Well, if, that's the thing. They never really seem to have any interaction with them in these right. sort of cases, do they? No. You never really hear of it. No. I mean, that, that's the difference between residual and, and intelligent hauntings, Yeah, of course. I mean, intelligent will interact and 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 be random rather than, you know. They often repeating. explain that away, uh, well, people that are more spiritually minded anyway, by... They'll explain away um, them not communicating with you, saying, you know, they're trapped in, in uh, purgatory or, you know, between worlds or dimensions or whatever it is, and that's why they don't. But then on other occasions, you know, go sort of, a, 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 you know, slapping on the backside and scratching your back and all sorts of things. On that note, I came up with a uh, bit of a theory. Um, I uh, have a few allergies and stuff like that this time of year, as a lot of people do, hay fever and that sort of thing. Um, I'd noticed 
uh, the other week uh, some strange scratches on my arm, just kind of out of nowhere. It was yep. what, what looked like scratches, right? This gets reported a lot in ghostly activity. Um, I made the correlation that when your immune system overreacts, particularly as a result of histamine, um, you know, which is obviously high at, at, in yep. springtime, um, your you know immune system is affected, and it, and it can make strange rashes like that on your body. So I'm sort of uh, mind theorizing is that when people are in these heightened states of anxiety, anxiety, they're you know they're scared, they're in a graveyard. Yep. Oh, I've just been scratched by something, and then more often than not, there is some evidence of it. You know, they'll show a picture of or take a picture of someone scratched on their arm. I'm starting to think it could be some sort of rash. Yeah, well, it's very brought possible. Brought on by nerves and histamine. Yeah, I mean, what's not to say if they're walking around in a graveyard, they haven't walked past a plant of some sort. That's the thing, you yeah. know, or a weed, you know. But you often see on these TV programs that it's it's on their back, right? So yep. they're lifting up their shirt. Yeah, I can almost guarantee that some some of them, at least, when they lift up their shirt, are, are scratching, scratching themselves. Scratching themselves. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, because that's they use that as a bit of a lightning rod, don't they? Yeah, it's time. usually usually in a in a reachable place for themselves to do it. Yeah, and I mean, they like to think that the theory is that it's always three scratches to, you know. Um, to mock, well, the like holy, holy, mock, mock the Holy Trinity, you know, there's sure. something demonic. and It's a cloven hoof, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hate the scratch. I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning towards this, my theory, actually. Yeah. Not just because it's mine, but that's well, the most Well, I mean, me. it could be a number of things, and that, that could very well be one of them. I mean, I, mm. don't, I don't give too much credence to the scratches or anything like that. No. I mean, I think it could be very explainable. Hmm. And without sort of anything to compare them with, um, you know, you you didn't see if this person had them on beforehand and, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and you think of the surroundings that they're in, you know, they're in dusty old buildings, you know, that if you're you're in a sense of adventure and you're, you're climbing, you're crawling, you've got your back up against something or, yep. you know, you, you're squeezing through different areas, yep. you know, you might not notice it at the time, but these things are going to happen. Yeah. It's like it's like sometimes you can cut yourself and not notice it until it's like yep. your legs covered in blood, you know, it's dripping down your legs, but like that, right? Yeah. Have you ever been, um, I don't want to say molested, what's the word, <laughs> what's the word here? By a ghost. By a you? ghost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, no, I haven't. Then. Okay. No, uh, I mean. Has anyone in your, in your crew, has that happened to them? No, I mean, we always... We always, you know, are open to to being touched or tapped or that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. it's it's not very common for do us. Do you encourage it though? Do you ask them to? Um, do it? We say if you want, you can. Um, yeah, doesn't mean it's going to happen, and it, and like I said, it usually doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we we had knocks and taps on balls and things like that, which yep. again could be could be natural, but it might not be. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, no one's really been touched as far as I know. Given um, some ag- investigations are more active than another in terms of, you know, probable or you know possible anomalous phenomena happening, what you guys always pretty much always do your investigations at night, right? Yeah. Does that just add to the creep factor? Or is it just less people around? Or um, usually, that the reason is if it's if it's a functioning business. Yeah. Um, it means we get in outside of normal operating hours yep. and, you know, you can have a quiet building and you, usually it is less less noise at night time as well. 
but we wouldn't we wouldn't be past investigating during the day, and and we have on on a couple of occasions been to places during the day. Hmm. Um, there's no rhyme or reason as to when a haunting might occur, so hmm. why not? I mean, well, that, well, that's the thing because I was going to ask, where, at what time of day um, have you gathered sort of the best evidence that you've come up with? Um, but it's probably going to default to night time because it's the only t- or the majority usually, of the time, yeah, isn't it? Usually. Right? I mean, there is the theory of of the uh, the witching hour, three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And you know, admittedly, in the past, we might have thought that there was heightened activity around that time. Um, you know, I don't. If we go back to uh, Mark's footage at Punui House with the torch being thrown downstairs, sure. yep. That was at three o'clock in the morning. You know, that you you hear that. Tell, tell us why that's the witching hour. Witching hour is three o'clock in the morning. It's just a an old wives' tale, I guess. Um, yeah. And they. They believe that that's that's when common paranormal activity happens, um, which is a bit again again, but, again mm. it's that it's that number three, mm. the, the the trinity the as trinity, well. Trinity, I get it. Yeah. So, what about Alberton House in Mount Albert? You've been there. Been there. Yep. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories from that place. Yeah. Um, um, you guys be, been there recently? Not recently. No. Yeah. Um, been there. Uh, Probably a year, maybe two years ago. Yeah, was the last time we went there. Um, probably overdue for another visit, but because mm. um, that's always had a haunted reputation, isn't it? Always had a haunted reputation. Yeah. It's all it's all family of um, of the Alberton House, and there's also a story about a a, um, a worker falling down the well as well. There's always a, the there's always a worker who's yeah. fallen so, down something, isn't it? I mean, it is a very creepy looking well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's covered in glass now, so no one else can you can you look down it, but you can't actually go in it or anything like that. Um, That's no fun, is it? But how are you going to find out? Yeah, well, it could be a body down there. Well, I'd say it'd be in retreat. But um, I, th- you know, there's conflicting stories as well. Some say that um, he died due to to gas inhalation down there, and. Mm. And that's how do you actually fall into a well though if you know it's there? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You have to be very unlucky. You would be, wouldn't but you? It, yeah, in terms of activity, um, not a lot has happened. We we've had had a few noises happen, um, but of course there are there are trees around the building, and on a windy night you might get a little bit of scraping or you know possum, mm. possums running across. And the it's roof. a grand property too. It is a real grand property. For those that don't know, it's on the slopes of uh, Mount Albert, which is one of the volcanic co- volcanic cones in Auckland, which of which is about I don't know sixty or seventy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's a grand old estate, and it's got the look about it too, doesn't it? You know, yeah. which which helps. I mean, we we had a, a public event there once, and you know, there was a door that that slammed behind some people and. You know, yeah. I wasn't there at the time, so I can't really validate whether it was wind or not or something else. But um, you know, it was a little bit of excitement for them. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, not much else. No, it, it has been. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Quite, it, it is quite it often is. The, the the big joints where um, you know it's all supposed to happen are quite disappointing in terms of results. Aren't yeah, they? but I mean, that's why we like going to um, places more than once. Yeah, you know you. Like I said, you don't know when a haunting is going to happen or when activity is going to happen. I remember, uh, if yeah. at all. So you know, the more you can spend at a place, the more you can get familiar with its surroundings as well, and and you know, become used to the to the natural noises of the of the building as well. Yeah, and you can rule those out, and um, yeah, you can you can kind of gauge what's what's an unusual noise and what's not. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I live kind of semi rurally in in Clevedon, and there's. Um, 
there's a lot of cows in the paddock next door to where I sleep and they're all pregnant at the moment or giving birth and the other night I, I you would have sworn it was the banshees that are running around out in the paddock um, and I spoke to the farmer the next day and he said oh yeah they're all giving birth at the moment so you probably heard the um, new calf coming yeah. into the world <laughs> but shit it scares you at two, two o'clock in the morning what the hell was that yeah. and I'm used to it because there's, there's possums on my roof and you can hear owls outside and rats and all sorts of rabbits and rodents everywhere and stuff and it's yeah. You know, it's something different. Well, yeah. Uh, I've I've been scared out of my wits by a pair of mating possums as well. I mean, that's, that sounds like the gates <laughs> of hell are opening it, up. It it's, does. Especially in the wee hours of the morning, I tell you what. you. Our, our British listeners will actually um, know what I'm talking about here when, when I say if you hear uh, foxes mating. Yeah. That's, that's I personally, I think that's where the legend of the Banshee comes from. <laughs> Because um, I've heard them. I used to live in uh, Putney in, in London, and which is an urban area. Yeah. But there's just foxes everywhere. And, you know, I'd look through the windows, you know, of my room. There'd be foxes in the rubbish and stuff. And they've got these beady, evil eyes in the dark too. They're quite cute in real life, you know, once you see them yeah. in the day. But, um, yeah, you just see these glowing red eyes <laughs> basically out the window. It could freak you out and obviously lead your mind places. When they start to uh, have a bit of how's your father and, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, i tell you what, I was I was writing a, a report many years ago when we did a visit to uh, Napier Prison and I, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning and I was sitting in my office. Outside the window was uh, a very large kofi tree, mm-hmm. which is a, a big native tree to New Zealand and um, very attractive to families of possums. Yep. And I was sitting there getting into writing writing my ghost story. <laughs> and all of a sudden this growl comes out through the through the back of the window from this possum. And I tell you what, I damn near had a heart attack. You would have, eh? <laughs> just getting into the moment yeah. and you hear this thing and you and just behind you. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, so have you ever, I think we've spoken about this before, I was looking at haunted, allegedly haunted places in New Zealand. Um, our friend uh, Darren um, Wedlock, who comes on the show sometimes, he took a ghost picture, well, alleged spirit photography down at um, the Vulcan Hotel in St. Bathens in the South Island. Um, I was looking around for actual, well, decent evidence, you know, decent photographs and, and EVPs and stuff of stuff in New Zealand. You guys are kind of the go-to source in terms of, yeah. um, you know, a record of that. There isn't a lot on film, though, in New Zealand, is it, though? There is Very a lot. few actual yeah. pictures. And I mean, yeah, you got to be real careful as well when you're releasing, releasing yeah. footage to the public. I mean, uh, is that frustrating though? Having that divide between you're out there trying to get evidence of the paranormal, when you might have some, you feel you have to withhold it because people say that's that's BS. You know? it is, yeah, it is a double-edged sword. I mean, mm. and to be honest, even from a, an investigator perspective, I still watch shows like that Paranormal Court on camera and things like that, and, and just completely tear the footage to shreds you know yeah and and you know i probably shouldn't do it but you can't help it you just these days it's so easy to um manipulate footage yeah um i guess what it comes down to is you really got to trust the person who's um presenting this footage Mm. and um, which you can't because you can't can't necessarily i mean i can i can trust it with members of my own team but um well you can trust people that they believe they've seen something, yeah. but they could be mistaken. Right? Yeah, I mean, and I guess at the end of the day, when it comes to paranormal activity, people want to experience it for themselves as well. Yeah. 
um, and and being logical. Anything that's captured on on people like to be scared though, don't yeah, people they? like to be scared? Mm. Anything that's captured on film or you know still or or video, um, it it could be anything really. Have you guys ever been to Highwick House? Uh, I haven't personally, but Haunted Auckland has. Yeah, previously to to me joining, I went uh, there. Well, when I was at school, because it was down the road from our school, and I've probably been there a couple three times, but not since I was since I was young. I didn't realise that it had a reputation of being haunted um, until I actually was just doing some googling. Um, but again, there's there's very little past the fact that it's a historic settlers' house. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that really that's kind of the crux of the whole thing of the mystery and the legend is created. By the fact you've got an old house in a country that hasn't been had European settlement for yeah. that long, yeah, yeah, and, and it comes back to what you said. It's like historical buildings have that reputation, not necessarily modern buildings, but you know, it's the ones that we we tend to be drawn to. Yeah, the, the old historical buildings look the part rather than new buildings. I mean, and they're good for your social media too. Like, they take good photos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if. If you put up a picture of a you know brand new townhouse in Parnell or something like that, um, but you said on this site was you know um, you know this sort of an execution, or, you know um, a, a soldier was hung for desertion or some crap like that, yeah. you know you know you're you're weaving in a bit of mystery into the whole thing, but you're driving past you're like that's a brand new townhouse. There's nothing spooky about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, unless there was original foundations or something like that, yeah. you know, there's the there's the the tree that this person was hung well, from. Well, I suppose that's different. Yeah. yeah, no, you're not wrong. If there's something attached to the property still that yeah. was, you know, from times gone by, why is Napier? We've talked about Napier Prison quite a bit. Yep. Um, it seems to be the the mecca almost for for ghost hunters in New Zealand. Why is that just and, so and, much And internationally activity? as well. Is that right? Yeah. So they had Ghost, ghost Hunters International, I think it was. Oh, okay. Turned was that there. a British show or American? Or? Uh, I think it was American. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Okay. Been a while since I watched that one, but no. yeah. <laughs> um, so what is it about Napier Prison? Because it's fairly nondescript looking, isn't it? Yep. And so, it's, I understand it's called a small place. It is, it's it's very small in terms of, of prisons. I mean, yeah. Um, you get stories of of the prisoners, even you know, ducking ducking out for a KFC and things like that, and then the, jumping the, the fence. I've heard, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the uh, the the guards just spotting them out on their run, and then just telling them to casually go back. Yeah. But um, you know, there's also the earthquakes as well. So th- there is the the unevenness of the floor. You know, might yeah. might create a little bit of um, dizziness, sort of feeling. You know, the the carnival. Well, you could lose your balance in the dark too if you're yeah. walking on, walking on yeah. a dodgy floor, right? So there's there's the funhouse effect. Yeah, you know when you, you that's know, a the, good way the, to put it. The funhouse effect. Yeah, the uneven floors, uneven ceilings, and you know just a little bit of a disorientation. I once went. By that. I went to a uh, funhouse. Well, I've kind of it was a fair. It was a steampunk festival. Yeah, I didn't actually know what steampunk was. I was in the UK and. I'd, later I learned that it was sort of based on the science of sort of Jules Verne kind of yeah. um, novels and that sort of thing, and it's a quite a big movement around the world, from I understand. Um, and I ended up in one of those hall of mirrors where you're yeah. either really short or really wide or really tall. Um, and it, it is quite freaky when you're sort of in those places because, yeah. you know, you, you start to sort of think you're hearing Vincent Price sort of narrating over it and, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. laughing sort of ghouls and... 
I remember um, there was a Sailor Boy sort of where you put a coin into a machine, you know, one of those sort of yep. games, and he was sort of having a chuckle at everything I had to say. And there was one you could shoot Hitler's teeth out. <laughs> so I assume that was from the 1940s, that yeah. game. But, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was the kind of place you'd use in a music video for a, you know, haunted attraction yeah. or yeah. something right. like that. I mean, that. It, it, you know, there's lots of um, visuals and sounds that are, are made to disorient you and, yeah. and, and make you feel uneasy as well. Yeah, you know, sometimes these these sorts sorts of um, situations can happen quite naturally in other buildings. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's certainly places that you feel more on edge than others, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, and for I guess everyday people like you and me, a prison isn't a place where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And you know, um, going into it, you see all this graffiti and and um, gang insignias and things like that. And yeah. And really horrible things written on on the um, on the walls. Yeah, I think that must must have been what life was like. Yeah, I mean, I stayed in um, between ducking out for KFC. Between ducking out for KFC as well. Yeah, but I stayed in a room which was, um, I guess, it was down there, suicide wing, and uh, I believe the story goes that he was, um, uh, you know, associated with one gang, and everyone else down the same hallway was associated with. With the other gang, yeah, and there was taunts. So mongrel mob, black power, sort of mongrel mob, black, black power. Yeah, uh, I can't quite remember which one was which, but um, apparently he was quite intimidated, and and he ended up, you know, ending his life in the cell. Yeah, but you know, as I lay down in the bunk, you just you see all this all this stuff written on the on the bottom of the of the bunk, and it's, it's horrible stuff. Mm. You know, it's it's not a place you really want to be. Did you stay in multiple rooms or just one? Or um, I stayed. Stayed in the prison twice and I stayed in the same room. So it was uh, what's called Wayne's room, um, I believe. And Wayne's uh, room. You, is, you, Wayne the, is Wayne the poltergeist, is he? Wayne is the guy that um, I believe killed himself. He was one of the last people to die in the prison. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you, you know this by having his name's written written on the wall. Yeah. Um, and it says Wayne was here. So yep. that's why I refer to it as Wayne's room. I'm not sure whether they, they do themselves, but I'm, uh, I think they do. But, but they've, they've turned into a bit of industry, haven't they? Like they have guided tours and audio yeah, and tours they, of the place. They do the, and they, they do their escape rooms, and um, I think they do like a, like a spookers up there as well where they have their their themed actors and that. Yeah. Um, what about the sea? Have you done anything in Wellington at all? I haven't. Um, we were thinking about going down there at, at some stage. There's a few places there. Mm. Um, and, and as a team, we're quite close with uh, Strange Occurrences down there, which is uh, James Goodwood. Yep. So, Because um, um, the St. James Theatre is the, the hot yeah. ticket down there, isn't yeah. it, from one end? Their St. James is better than ours, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually made that mistake because um, uh, it was uh, just Scott Bainbridge, the author, uh, he's a New Zealand crime author, and he wrote the book called Mysterious New Zealand, I think it is. Uh, Scott was on the show a few months back, um, and he'd done a well, he'd done a few a, a whole chat from St James Theatre, so it's definitely got a reputation, hasn't it? Yeah. But again, it comes back to the theatre aspect, um, which always makes me a little bit guarded. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's always a story with these places. There's always, there? especially the the, uh, the older ones where where they were. Um, stage theatres as well as film theatres as well. You know, there's always a little bit of drama with with the actors and actresses and yeah, you know, affairs and that sort of thing and, and, of and suicides. 
yeah you know they have that sort of stories to them but it adds to the drama of the of the building as well well it comes with the kind of people that are actors and people that yeah. are involved in stage and screen are sort of you know in touch with their emotions aren't they it was a yeah you know. And they're rubbing shoulders with high society at the time as well. Because that, that's of, true. Yeah, yeah. The zeitgeist of the day is sort yeah. of am- amplified in in the spirits that still roam. Um, what about the Waitomo Caves Hotel? Haven't been there myself. No. Um, I believe it to be very, very active. Very active. I don't think they like to associate with the uh, haunted stories. No. Um, even though it's quite strange, uh, you know, you have a look at. It, um, I don't. Th- I've never seen a place where it's bad for business, though. No, Have but you? I mean, I, I guess you know they're they're more they're very wor- tourist orientated down there, aren't they? They're probably more worried about um, scaring patrons away rather than the ones that are going to be attracted to it. But it's it's quite contradictory. I'm sure I've I've seen in some of the booking um, booking websites that they do advertise a haunted room or, or haunted wing. Um, I know they would have a lot of Japanese guests. Um, in that part of New Zealand, uh, on their bus tours and so yep. forth. And the Japanese tend to be very superstitious about yeah. ghosts and stuff, don't they? Yeah, very. I'm wondering if that's got something to do with it. Could be. Um, mm. Or it, it could be, I mean, I'm not sure who's owning the place at the moment. It could be a cultural thing themselves or, yeah. or, or a religious thing. But, I mean, I did hear an interesting story. Um, you are aware of the director, I think his name's uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, the director. The director, of course. Yes. Yeah. So he was he was staying there. Uh, allegedly, he was supposed to be helping out with the filming of Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and he stayed there. And apparently, he was scared out of his wits and and left the room running. And that's what inspired him to direct his film. I think it was called Crimson Peak, mm-hmm. which was also a, a haunted mansion yep. story. So that was loosely based on his experience at Waitomo. Nice. So I mean, there there is a story, and uh, in, in the visuals in the movie where there's a lady that comes out of the bath and she's she's covered in blood. I think it is, and that's one of the stories from Waitomo. Maybe I won't go there. Well, I mean, we've been to old places where you turn on the taps <laughs> on the bars and rusty water comes out. So. Sure. Well, it's probably it, just it tap be mis- water, isn't could it? Be, it could be mistaken <laughs> for blood. That's right. What about the Seacliff Lunatic Asylum? Nope. <laughs> no, you haven't been there? <laughs> no, I think it's because it's not standing anymore. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, yeah, it was, it was mostly destroyed by um, by fire, basically. Um, but it's supposed to be haunted by former patients. And anything with lunatic asylum in the name, you're sort of on, onto a winner, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, you can't call them that anymore, can you? No, well, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have one of those up here called King Seat um, out in South Auckland, which is notorious for... For hauntings, but yeah. we, we've been there a hundred times. Um, yeah, we've been there a few times as well. I mean, again, what part again, of the what part do they let you into the uh, admin we, building? Or? We were maximum security, and that was during well uh, since I've been a member. But before that, they were in one of the nurses' wings. I think it was the actual spookers part. Yep, but they're not so interested anymore in, in having us no. go in, uh, even though even though one of our members works with spookers. But, oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, it probably distracts from their business, doesn't it? It does, And yeah. they're always trying to sell that place, Yeah, and they? I guess they're just too busy. The times that we would we would prefer that, to go is, as well. is their opening business hours as well. So That makes sense. So what's next for Haunted Auckland? Um, what is next? Nothing uh, at the moment lined up. Yep. Um, you know, we usually 
We phone. usually ask them people to uh, people that are listening to email you guys. Yep. Um, with with locations that might be worth a look. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're winding down for for Christmas at the moment. You know, we we would much love to go back to some of these locations that we've done, like the Capitol and and um, the Hollywood and Avondale. Yep. Would love to go back to Massey. Um, yep. These are some of our regulars, so there's lots of research to be done in that places. You know. Um, what we the Massey, that's the one in Mangere, isn't it? Yeah. Massey Homestead. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, again, we had some some communication uh, potentially with again the the, the touchlight. Mm. Um, but as I say, I don't want to get too hooked on just using that one piece of equipment. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of other trigger objects that we can possibly get a reaction out of. Whilst um, Battlefields, particularly um, European Maori Wars in New Zealand, um, a lot of those sites are considered what we call tapu or, or sacred, um, and it's not encouraged that you sort of trample all over things. Um, do you ever do you ever look at battlefields? Obviously, it's most um, to me it would be the most obvious place of, of potentially picking up something. Yeah, I mean, with with Maori culture as well, it, it's. It, you, you have to be very careful. Mm. Um, you have to be culturally sensitive as well, and then a lot of the times you have to ask for permission as well. Mm. Um, and but a lot of these places you can just walk into. A lot of the places you can. Um, mm. We have been to a place in in uh, Mangawai a few years ago. What's up there? Um, it was a it was a private piece of land. Um, she she believed that there were there was a Maori tribe, and she had a she had a uh, like a cabin at the time on her land. She said they'd come right up to her property and they'd surround it and, you know, talk to her about being the protector of the land and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we visited there, um, but relatively not much was seen, you know. Mm. Uh, you hear a lot of birds, you hear a lot of opossums and things like that, but um, yeah, not we didn't experience anything paranormal necessarily. No. doesn't mean that it, that it didn't happen, but, um, yeah... Uh, I guess it, I mean, it's, the, it's, the best. The best. I think the best witnesses of paranormal activity in, in places that are supposed to be haunted are, are the residents because mm. they're there more often, right? That's right. Yeah. And by by you know sheer sheer luck, a lot of the time, you know, and being in the right place at the right time, yeah. didn't, you know, that's they're the people you need to connect with because they're the ones you know who, yeah. who are likely to see things, right? Yeah. I mean, if we knew when these things were going to happen, we'd we'd be able to organise our investigations yep. a lot better. I've always wondered why there isn't more, uh, you know, setup of cameras and things like that at, at allegedly haunted locations. That's what we try and encourage. Mm. Um, you know, every so often we'll get a, a message from somebody saying, oh, you know, I'm experiencing something in my house. Um, if I put it this way, if I had a, if I lived in a haunted property, I'd have cameras in every room, but that's just me. Yep. Yep. I'd want to maximise my chances, right? Yeah, I mean... And like, you know when they've set up these trail cams looking for Bigfoot and things like that? And they'll put up, like, two, you yeah. know? And the forest is 100,000 square kilometres or something ridiculous, yeah. you know, and you're like... I guess cost factor comes into it as well. I mean, <laughs> I those, suppose, tra- those trail yeah. cams, you know, depending on yeah. how much you want to spend, they can be up to 100 bucks. True. But um, even even something simple like keeping a diary, if you're believing something's happening in your house, keep a diary of the, of the dates and the times and see if there's a pattern to it actually happening, whether it's... Um, you know, residual or repetitive thing or an intelligent thing where it could be completely random at different times. Um, I mean, I think the more you write down and you, you don't always necessarily remember it when, you, hmm. when you're thinking back to it. Because there is such a thing as anniversary ghosts, isn't there? Yeah. 
Ghosts well, that will, will appear at, you know, the 18th of December every year. Yeah, well, that's, that's one theory. Mm. I mean, uh, I've yet to experience anything like that, but... Well, yeah, that's always troubled me because there's a story like that at the Tower of London, I think, and and, and obviously in London. Um, I can't remember the exact story, but I think it's uh, ghostly sentry gets seen sort of walking along the walls or something like that, and it's like, you know, a specific date. I think it's like November or December every year. Yeah. Um, if you knew that, <laughs> why, why haven't you put in cameras everywhere? Yeah, well, I guess, um, you know, from a... I suppose it's security issues because it's a Tower of London. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. But also, surely, if you know, you could, you could get it done. If, if if some a TV production company came along and said, "We'll pay for the whole thing," you know, and, and see if we can catch this this lone sentry. Um, hey. Well, I guess give one, it a go. one theory is is people who claim to be seeing it with their naked eye on that certain time at that certain date. They're expecting to see it, so they're going to associate anything that they think they see with a ghost. That's part of it, right? Yeah. Prime example is um, just just recently, you know, I had to put my cat to sleep. Uh, religiously, every morning, I'd get up in the morning, open the ranch, slide the door to let him in. And, you know, even up to a couple of days after, after he was put down, I'm still opening up the ranch, slide the mm. door, thinking that he's there. So it's, it's just expecting to see something at that certain time and, and you know... You, you kind of, it's, yeah, it's that, it's that expe- expectation mm-hmm. that, that it's going to be there when it might not necessarily be there. Excellent. We're out of time again. East FM 88.1107 points. Been Occam's Razor episode 40. Sam from hauntedauckland.com yep. has been here. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, we'll hopefully see you soon once we get the TV station up and going.